open forum Wednesday. We've got the NBA to talk about with the Lakers and the Nuggets. One game in the books, Boston and Miami in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. We've got anything else that you want to talk about because today is open forum Wednesday. Just had a nice show with Jerry Reynolds over on my YouTube channel. If you don't like that, if you want to check it out, all you need to do is go to YouTube if you don't like that. With Grant Napier, and you can check it out at your leisure. Always fun to have Jerry on talking about uh, a variety of topics, including the NBA playoffs, all the coaching situations, and uh, everything else. Your thoughts last night uh, as uh, the Lakers made a uh, big comeback in the fourth quarter. You know, with 548 left, they were down, what was it, 121 to 110. And, you know, they had a chance down the stretch, uh, but did not get it done. And so the Lakers take that game, or excuse me, the Nuggets take that game one. All right, what do you think tonight in the uh, Boston-Miami series? You've got uh, hockey going on this weekend. you got everything else. The PGA Championship with another major. So uh, what do you want to talk about today on Open Forum Wednesday? All you need to do is hit that hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will get you right on. You know, a lot of people think, gee, the Lakers are in good shape going into game two because of the way they ended the game. You know, in the playoffs, it really doesn't matter how you win. It's like you just – now they only have to win three games if you're the Denver Nuggets. That's the way you look at it. That's the way to look at it. I mean, I don't, momentum, things of that, that doesn't exist. All right? Every game is different. Every game is different. All right, let's get to Connor. Hello, Connor. How are you? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Yeah, that Nuggets-Lakers game last night, I was seeing a lot of – it seems like the narrative was a lot of Lakers fans were pretty happy with the performance and stuff. They lost. Like, I don't know why all of a sudden they can have so much confidence and stuff when they didn't win the game. I know they had a much better second half, but at the end of the day, you still lost, and you have to win four. They only have to win three. Yep, it's exactly right. I mean, it doesn't really matter how you win in the playoffs. If you win ugly or if you win, it doesn't matter. You know, again – the, the Nuggets did what they had to do. They've got another game at home before the series goes back to Los Angeles. And uh, I'm with you all that. I, I don't understand that either, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know Jokic is going to get his numbers. But if Jamal Murray is going to score 30 points, I don't think the Nuggets will lose a game in this series. Yeah, you said that yesterday. You thought that was the X factor, that that was a really key. And uh, he was outstanding. So, yeah, if that happens, they're in, they're in pretty good shape. That is for darn sure. Yeah, and can we all agree that Greg Popovich might be the luckiest coach in NBA history? And how about this guy getting three generational talents at the center position? Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, when you think about David Robinson, and then at the end of Robinson's career, you land Tim Duncan, and now you get Wemby. I mean, it's really remarkable. I mean, it is absolutely remarkable. Yeah, so I think you kind of talked about it a little yesterday, but... Didn't you say that Popovich was – he's obviously on the tail end of his coaching career, but how many more years do you think you see him coaching, and does he stay with Wemby until his prime, or does he just kind of get him on track the first couple of years of his career? It's a fabulous question. You know, I think the only one that can answer that is Pop, but I don't think he's looking to go anywhere right now. I mean, he has a chance to once again – you know, ride into uh, the sunset as a winner with a, a guy that has all of the tools in the toolbox. Yeah, and for Victor Wembenyama, is there really a better situation that 
he could head into, avoiding teams like the Pistons and the Rockets, who have just been basically a dump of lottery picks the last couple of years. But to get to learn under Popovich and that coaching staff, it really couldn't be written any other way for him. I think the culture in San Antonio is perfect for him. I think having Tony Parker being such a star there and Doris uh, Diao or Boris Diao is also really uh, positive. But I think all of that factors in. I think Tony Parker will probably, you know, be a big influence on him just because of what he experienced in San Antonio and uh, the history there with the Spurs and the French players pop. And again, I don't really see any negatives to it. I really don't. And then switching to the MLB, kind of a follow-up of our conversation yesterday, I saw that Herman did get hit with the 10-game suspension that we thought he was going to get. Yep. Yep. It's automatic. It's an automatic 10-game suspension. Yeah, that's interesting. And another thing about the Yankees is the last couple of games, it seems like Aaron Judge is starting to heat up again. And if you're in the AL East, that's the last thing you want to see right now. Yeah. Uh, as long as he doesn't get hurt, which seems to – Luckily, last year, it wasn't that big of an issue, but, you know, it's still May and there's a lot of baseball left. And, you know, I'm still not sold on the Yankees. I think they're a poorly constructed team. But if you're the Yankees, there's no panic in that clubhouse right now. They know there's a long, long way to go. And they're a team that's very capable, you know, of winning 15 of 20, 17 of 20. I mean, they're very capable of that you know, if they get everybody going. So I'm, you know, again, if we were talking about this in August, then there would be a much more concern, but it may not really. And then one question about the NHL. I know where your alliances are, obviously, with your friend in the Knights, but how how many games do you think that the Stars-Knights series is going to go? I think Vegas will win in six. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with the same thing because I think that, you could argue that the Oilers are a better team than Dallas and they finished us out in six. So I'd say six is probably, cause you know, the intensity is going to be high in the Western conference finals with a trip to the finals on the line. So obviously Dallas is going to give their best. So I could see them stealing a game or two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dallas is a good team and, but I think Vegas is better. They're just a home ice means nothing, uh, but they're just a better team. Now, the better team doesn't always win because goaltending can be the equalizer. So it really depends on, you know, which goalie plays the best. That's generally who wins these series because the rest of these teams are are fairly even. I mean, look at what happened with your goaltender. You know, you, your, your goaltending was not good in the series against Vegas, and it, it killed them, you know? It killed them. Yeah, it really did. And then a question about kind of the NHL, what we've seen with these expansion teams with the Knights, obviously the first, and then now the Kraken reaching the playoffs and only their second year is, is there like a big difference between the way NHL expansion works different than other leagues? Because I mean, it seems like these teams are having success pretty quick. There, It is different. And it's more advantageous to build a competitive team if you do it right. And I, I give both Vegas and Seattle, you know, it's kind of interesting for me because, um, you know, again, the guy that put the Vegas team together is one of my truly my best friends. I mean, we're college buddies and he and I are I mean, I can't say enough about uh, George McPhee. I, I can't really say enough about him. And I know the process that he went through. And I also know that he was so excited 
when he got the opportunity to build a team from scratch, that that was very appealing to him. Uh, he was in Washington for 17 years and put together the Capitals team. And he drafted, you know, Ole the goalie and he drafted Alex Ovechkin and, um, you know, so many of those other players. He put that 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 team. Sorry about that. He put that team together that won the cup. You know, he put that team together. He wasn't there to, you know, reap the rewards. But then when he, a couple of years later, when he went to Vegas, he kept on telling me about culture. He said, Napes, he goes, yeah, he goes, I, I'm, I got to do this right, but I need, I need the locker room to be right. I need the culture to be right. We're starting from scratch. And he said, I'll give up a little bit of talent to get that great locker room guy because we all, he, he's very big on that culture aspect. And, you know, it's, it shows on the ice. I mean, it shows. Think about the success they've had since moving to Vegas. I mean, last year they didn't make the playoffs. And a lot of that had to do with injuries, but they go from not making the playoffs last year to the number one seed in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. It really is for such a a new team. These fans already have so many moments in history with the, some of the players that were there since year one, and they're they're still reaping the rewards of their labor. No question. And you you think about what hockey has done in the desert. They sell out every game, right? It is a, it is the toughest ticket in town to get, and it's it's a happening. Every night is a happening at that place. It's an absolute event every single night for the Vegas Knights. And then kind of a turnaround of that, I don't really know if you have any more info than me, but do you know what's going on with the Arizona Coyotes and some stadium problems they've been having or something? Well, they've been having problems ever since they moved there. I mean, they went from playing downtown, then they went to the outskirts, and they're in a small venue. And it's um, I'm, I'm not sure what the future is of Arizona. The question is, if they leave, where are they going to go? You know, I mean, who, wh- where would be the most likely uh, scenario? But I haven't been following it that closely, to be honest with you. I really haven't. Yeah, apparently I saw that they're going to have to play their games at Arizona State University, and it seems like, a lot of the Arizona teams have to play in college places or stadiums that aren't really great, like with the Cardinals and everything. I think don't they share with a college campus too? That's correct. Uh, that is hard to believe, isn't it? That they would be playing their games at Arizona state. I mean, think about that for a minute, right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy for, I mean, we know as Kings fans, the problems and stuff with building a new stadium and everything like that. But I mean, with a team like the Coyotes, it's in basically Arizona as a whole. It seems like even the Suns are switching arenas pretty often too. So I wonder what the problem is there. They're not. They're not. The, the Suns aren't switching arenas. They're just changing their naming rights. Uh, they did a three-year remodel at the current venue, but since Phoenix, since the Suns have been in Phoenix, they've only had two arenas. Uh, one, the uh, Madhouse on McDowell. Uh, the Veterans Memorial Coliseum, and then the current arena. So they've only had two arenas since they've been in Phoenix. Uh, that's my mistake. I guess I just see, I remember it was Talking Stick, and now it's like the Footprint Yeah, yeah, Center, that's so. just the name. They just changed the name. They haven't changed the arena. It's just the naming rights have changed. Yeah, that's good to know. That's all I got today. I'm looking forward to that Heat-Celtics game tonight. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, the naming rights change all the time. I mean, look at what happened at Arco. Went from Arco to Sleep Train and then Power Train, whatever the hell it was. Who knows? But um, the 
the naming rights change a lot. I mean, look at the Staples Center, no, no more. And so that, but the arenas are the same, you know, but they did do a three-year remodel. They did a three-year remodel uh, on the arena uh, in Phoenix. And unfortunately, I have not seen the finished product. So uh, that's, I, I really can't comment on that part of it. You know, I got a chance to see the, the uh, new arena in Milwaukee and obviously the Chase Center. I, I still think that Golden One Center is still the best arena in the league or as good as any arena in the league. I, I really believe that. They did a marvelous job with the design of that facility. They did a great job. Great job. I'll tell you, another arena that I love is the arena in Newark where the Devils play. That is a spectacular venue, too. That's a great arena. Matter of fact, the Kings actually played a preseason game there a long time ago, and that was a great building, great building. So, all right, if you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon, uh, and we will do it. PGA Championship, round one begins tomorrow. So we got a lot going on this weekend. All right, let's see if we can hear John. John, are you going to be able to get on the program today or what? Can you hear me? Yeah, John, what the hell happened yesterday, man? That's not like you. I don't know. I don't know what happened. If my device was screwing up, I thought it was on your end and then it wasn't on your end. No, nope. I thought it was on mine. I don't know. I do not know. All right. Well, you know what, John? You know what? When I can't when I, when I can't talk to you, it ruins my day. I want you to know that. I know you're probably sad. It was probably hard for you to sleep. <laughs> it was absolutely. I'm, it was very. I woke up this morning and I was very, very sluggish. You know, it affected me greatly on the show I did with Jerry because I was just not able to sleep well because I was not able to talk to my buddy John. We've been doing it for so long. I know it. I know it, Grant. You're the best, buddy. <laughs> oh man. Golden Knights, how about this, man? Been rooting for them since, you know, the insurgence of the team and listening to you and Connor break that down. That was fun. Connor's always got great content. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be uh, – hockey is – there's really not a big difference between the number one seed and number eight seed. I mean, all you got to do is look at what happened to the Boston Bruins, you know, the President's Trophy winner in the first round. Um, each series is different. I just think Vegas is a little bit better than Dallas. I agree. And hey, like you said earlier, home ice means not nothing, but almost nothing. It means a little bit because you know where you're going, but home ice means nothing at all when you're, uh, when you're. No, I would like, I mean, in this, I mean, if I'm Vegas, I'd, if it has to go seven, I'd much rather be at home than on the road, but I don't think it will. I think, I think five or six is, I doubt if it goes past six games is what I'm thinking. Yep. I agree with you. It's just, I, it's just, and hey, I'm looking at through uh, Vegas Knights glasses too, obviously, because you know I've been, I've been rooting for this, just like you know for you, been rooting for this for your buddy and everything. Which it's great that it, expansion teams in hockey are able to, to uh, generate a quality program so quickly, and I wonder. Could that happen with other sports with football no. or, I mean, no, I guess, I guess it really couldn't because 
everything's so grandfathered in, I guess. That was just something that yeah, no. you and Connor brought up. That was interesting. That was interesting to listen to it. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah. hey, as for the basketball, obviously, you know, the Boston Celtics, to a man, are better than Miami. However, this has been said about Miami the entire postseason, and look what has happened. Jimmy Butler, that guy, there's something about him. He's got – he's Kobe. He's got the same fire Kobe had, in my opinion, anyways, and there's not a lot of people who – Jordan, you know what I mean? There's not a lot of people who had it. Man, when I see the look in his eyes and the way he plays, and no – Nobody on his team wants to let him down. And that right there is the sign of a freaking leader. And I, I commend that dude. I wish, I wish everybody played like that and acted like him, you know, because you almost never hear anything bad about him, except, except what you, except what you do hear is that he, he runs the show and he wants shit his way. And you know, Pat Riley's the same. So I totally commend him. And that's why I don't know. I don't know if Boston's going to be able to beat him, even though I'm, even though I know that Boston has a better team. It's going to be one fun yep. series to watch, and no matter what it is, watching Jimmy Butler is a fun freaking basketball game. No question about it. All right, buddy, you have, you have a good night, man. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to call. Hey, yeah, and I there was one other thing I wanted to say. If I recall, if I remember what it is, Grant, I will call you back, but I'm taking care of okay, some buddy. stuff right now. But thank All you, right. Grant. Good talking to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, some other folks right here, and we bring on Waggus. Hey, Waggus, how are you? Good, good. Uh, I just wanted to, um, you know, say the same thing. You know, Jimmy's probably not Kobe, but Kobe would be proud of him today. And uh, if Boston messes around... Uh, like they did in the first and the second series, uh, you know, Jimmy is not James Harden. <laughs> so I think that That's right. they'll probably end up losing the series. Um, so, uh, I mean, but, 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 you know, obviously I'm kind of, I think Boston's going to win, but I'm kind of rooting for, you know, Jimmy because he's it's like the only star and it'd be nice to see this story kind of ride out. Uh, but as, but as far as last night's game, I think Denver is extremely lucky uh, because they, you know, if it wasn't for that last fast break, that 50-50 ball that they came up with, I do think that they end up blowing that game. And Jokic and Murray, you know, I mean, that was their best game. Um, you know, obviously it's only game one, but they couldn't have played a better game. And if they would have blown that game, I think that would have been a big setback to them. So, um, but I do think the Lakers in the half-court game are better. They're they're better than any team that's left. And, uh and I still see him pulling this series out in six or seven. I mean, any any idea on that, or you haven't really? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't see them winning in six. But I mean, I could see them winning this series. I mean, I wouldn't want to play the Lakers in a game seven, you know, just because of the history of LeBron James. But I think Denver's a little bit better, and I think they're going to win the series. They were they were my pick to win the series when it started in seven, and I still, even though I don't want to contradict myself, I wouldn't want it to go to seven if I'm Denver. But I think they're the I think they're a little bit better, and I think they will win. And and and, and would you agree with like last night them not blowing that because that would have been a major setback, right? I mean, of course it would. Well, anyway, it's not about blowing it; it's about either winning or losing. You know, and if they had, you know, I know they had a big lead in the fourth and yeah, it would have been devastating, but you know, the reality is they won the game. That's all you have to do. You don't get style points in the playoffs. You either win or you lose. 
I, I guess I was asking from a psychological point of view if he played. Yeah, of course it would have been. Yeah, it would have been very, very difficult, no doubt about it. And since it's open forum, and you were talking about the arena, um, I wanted to ask you this, and I don't know if you, you, you would probably know the answer to this, but I think that you started broadcasting when the Kings moved into Arca, right? Yeah, my first home game was the opening night of the new arena, correct? And I don't know if this is true or not, and I haven't really done research on it, but before that, was the arena on J Street? No, the arena was on Northgate Boulevard, uh, and uh, it was on Market Street off Northgate Boulevard. The first arena was in the middle of nowhere. There was nothing around it uh, about a mile from where the uh, Arco 2 was. But no, the the first arena was out in the Natomas. It was in North Natomas. Oh, okay. And, And did you ever get a chance to go in there? and watch a game or yeah 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 yeah. my first year in sacramento um the kings were still playing on that i think it was called north market street it was north market and northgate uh in north matomas i may have the name of the street wrong but um i th- you're thinking of the old building on j street i can't remember but the, i can't remember what the hell the name of it is but um but no the kings played out in north matomas for the first three years so so that old building in j street did that never existed or that did exist and Oh, it did exist. I've been there forever. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So, okay. Now, just yeah, and and you know, like, other than obviously, you know, like I said, I mean, I think Golden One Center is amazing. The way they build it, the seats are a little bit un- uncomfortable, uh, especially if you get towards the top. But other than that, I mean, it's uh, it's it's probably one of the better. What's un- what's uncomfortable about them? Um. I guess they're a little tight. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, yeah, you're talking about the yeah. Okay, I understand yeah. what you mean. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah, that, yeah. Other than that, it's it's you know it's probably the uh, well. I mean, obviously, I don't go to many arenas as you do, Grant, but it's definitely you know one of the best of facilities. And and you know, being in Game Seven, and it gets pretty loud. Now I don't know if it got just as loud at Arco because I never saw a playoff game there. Uh, but you know, uh, because I know that you know. When the arena was building, you know, you would have people calling on your show asking you, "Do you think it's gonna be loud like Arco?" And I, mm-hmm. I think, I think Arco did have one advantage though, like you know, like Arco was a little bit smaller, so the fans were really on, you know, top. Would you say that compared to this one? Yeah, and acoustically, it was built with noise. The stairs uh, were wood uh, in the first several rows before you know, it became into the actual bowl. So the stomping of the wood, everything. Yeah, it was, it was built for noise. No question about it. Okay. So um, since it's open for, I'm one last question I want to ask you, other than obviously Madison Square Garden and any of the Kings arena, which is the best new facility that, that you got to see? And um, yeah. So, yeah. I would say the arena in Milwaukee. The arena in Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah, they did a great job with that. I would say the arena in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, which is the best baseball field in America? Well, I haven't been, I haven't been to all of them, but I think where the Giants play, I mean, I think their ballpark is the best ballpark in in Major League Baseball. Okay, and and did you ever get to go see a game at Wrigley or no? Yeah, many games. I actually um, did. <laughs> you'll get a kick out of this. Yeah. Um, I did a live shot from opening day at Wrigley Field in the left field bleachers, okay? okay. Uh, 
which was one of the most amazing experiences. But I used to go to Wrigley Field all the time uh, to do stories. Uh, that was back when they were very good, by the way. You know, and Ryan Sandberg was there, and they had a really, really good team. And um, so, yeah, I, I went to Wrigley Field frequently. Yeah, and, you know, me growing up in the 90s, obviously, started watching baseball around 96, 97, I would say, when I was a little kid. And obviously, I was a Giants fan, but, you know, we had WGN, and, you know, the Cubs game would be on. And the best thing that was on the Cubs at, around that time was Sammy Sosa. And I, and you probably know Harry Carey, probably one of the better announcers. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so, it, you know, he obviously <laughs> called a lot of his home runs. Um, yeah, so, um, and, yeah, so... I mean, when I was working in when I was working in central Illinois, uh, that was when the Cubs actually were good. Rick Sutcliffe, you know, Ryan Sandberg, you know, they had a really good team. And St. Louis was very good. You know, St. Louis, Whitey Ball. So I used to go to both Bush Stadium and Wrigley Field quite often uh, to do stories during that era. And that was great. I mean, that was a, it was a haul for me to get to Chicago from downstate to Cater. I mean, it was three to three and a half hour drive. But I used to uh, go to Wrigley Field as often as I could. I loved it. It was phenomenal to be there, and it was a great experience for me. And, and you know, a lot of people were against all the upgrades that they did, but is that something that they have to do? Because they don't want to lose the iconic part of the field, right? Um, well, I haven't been to Wrigley Field since I left Illinois, right. so I'm not familiar with the upgrades that they've done and how that would have changed it. I mean, when you look at it on TV, it looks exactly the same. It, you know, from a fan point of view, I, I couldn't really comment on that because I haven't been back since. Okay, perfect. All right. Thanks, Grant. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Yeah, those were uh, those are great days covering those two teams at Bush Stadium and Wrigley Field. I got great stories from those days. All right, let's move along. Get to uh, some more phone calls here, and we say hello to Rich. Rich, how was your vacation, buddy? You there? Yeah, how was your vacation? All right. Hey, thanks for asking, man. <laughs> I just got back early this morning from my three-country tour. And, how was it, uh, It was great. It was great, man. We arrived in uh, Amsterdam on King's Day, and I've never seen a town party so hard in all my life. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. Oh, it was it was. It was unbelievable. You know, they, everything, you know, it's like a national holiday. They celebrate the King and, uh, and, uh, you know, we, we sat, we had a place right on the canal. So we were able to actually look at our picture window out to the canal and watch all these boats cruising by jam packed with people and they were playing music and, you know, just, just having a great old time. And, uh, you know, it it looked but it looked like a war zone though the next morning. <laughs> oh boy, I bet it did. I mean, I mean, it it was just I've never seen anything like it. You know, people open bottles, you know, bottle walking down the street and just a sea of people just right down the street where we were, and it was it was it was amazing. You know, but we we enjoyed it. You know, it was it was a problem. It was kind of a problem getting in. You know, because every all the transportation was shut down, so we had to schlep our luggage about a mile from the last, you know, the, the one of the, the, the last transfer sites on, on, on a metro, you know, that we were able to get off, you know, but uh, we had a really nice spot there. And then we headed on to Portugal for a couple of weeks and then ended up three days in Madrid. And well, uh, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick to sum the whole thing up, you know, because uh, I'm, you know, I'm a foodie, you know, and, uh, and so 
the the food sucks in in Portugal. Okay, I hate their their food. It's just terrible. Yeah, we, but we had the best paella ever our last night in uh, in Madrid at a nice little restaurant that was recommended to us from uh, from our our. We had a we went a, on an e bike ride with about eight eight of us, and then we had a, a tour guide, and uh, and he's a big NBA fan, so he he's from he's from. Uh, um, uh, from uh, what, what the heck? Uh, I can't even remember now. I got a brain fade, fade but uh, 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 he he was like uh, talking about uh, Ginobili and uh, you know and all about you know the NBA and some of the Kings. I told him I was from Sacramento and stuff, but uh, it, he was in Madrid. Took us on a tour. We were all on e-bikes, and and that's a beautiful, beautiful. Did you have any gazpacho? Did, did did you have gazpacho soup? Uh, didn't have gazpacho soup. No, no. But, All right. But, I'll tell you, that's but, a must have when you go to Spain. I, I yeah. when I go to Spain, I, I just, I have gazpacho soup every single day, two or three uh, times. It is the best, best, yeah. best thing I've ever had. It is phenomenal over there. Yeah. Well, this paella we had was pretty damn good. We had to wait for a half an hour cause they made it fresh, but it was worth, it was worth every minute, man. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. But, uh, I, I missed I missed your program, you know. So I just decided to jump on this afternoon. Got all my chores done today. Get, kind of get trying to get back on the clock. You know, we were nine over there, about nine hours ahead of of where we are here at home. You know, so I couldn't watch any NBA. I watched. I actually w- did watch Game Seven, and and you know, <laughs> wife was like, "How late are you staying up?" I was up till about one thirty there, right, to watch Game Seven. Sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, and 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 I'm like, yeah, well, you know, finally. Then I finally had to give up about when there was about two, three minutes left when I, I knew it was over. And and then uh, we were in and DFW yesterday was the longest day of my life because we, you know, we flew out of Madrid yesterday morning and flew to London and then to DFW. And I got there just in time to to we had about a three hour layover. So I got I got to watch the, the, the Lakers Denver game, uh, you know, in the lounge there. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, uh, good for you anyway. So, well, welcome anyway, back. I just wanted to say, hey, thank you very much. And uh I'm going to be in SAC for my 50th high school reunion, and I'm going to go check out old Brian Bennett uh, next weekend. I'll be good, buddy. In Sacramento on 27th for my 50th anniversary, man. So you take Sounds care. Sounds great, Rich. And, uh, Enjoy. And, uh, take care. Glad to hear you. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls. We say hello to uh, Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hey, Grant. Thank you for taking my call, sir. How are you today? Thank you. I'm good, buddy. What's up? Hey, Grant, since it's Open Forum Wednesday, I have a few questions for you, Grant. Uh, first off, uh, how's everything going with your lawsuit? Good. Uh, we just filed an amended complaint uh, that we're very happy with. And so other than that, there's really not much to comment on. And then second, Grant, uh, do you think this kid that the Spurs, uh, when they won the lottery, do you, do you think that's going to turn around the franchise? Yes. Uh, I just had Jerry Reynolds on. We did a show over on YouTube. And uh, he considers him a, a franchise turning around type of a player uh, that, yes, he is that type of a player. He will turn around the franchise if he stays healthy. That's uh, that's how Jerry characterized him. Would you say that he has the talent like Luka Doncic? Um, I don't know enough about his game to compare him to Luka, but I think he's got the potential to be uh, great. So if you consider Luka to be great, this guy has the potential to be great. And Grant, uh, uh, listening to Adam Silver's uh, 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 press conference when he had about uh, John Morant, Grant, yep. does Adam Silver have the right to suspend him for the year? Uh, 
That's a fabulous question. I don't know the answer to that because this has to be bargained with the Players Association. I mean, uh, the commissioner can pretty much, and the league can pretty much do what they want, but it can be appealed by the Players Association, and the league doesn't want to go through a process where they lose an appeal because that would be a very bad look. These suspensions are normally based on precedent. I know that Gilbert's, Gilbert Arenas, I believe, was suspended for 50 games uh, when he had a firearm in a locker room. That's different than what uh, Morant had. So that I don't. I would say the full season would be highly unlikely. I'll put it to you that way. I think that would be unlikely. And Grant, you told me a few days ago, you uh, you said that he may get maybe 50. I said maybe 12, maybe 14. You said 50. So if it is 50, Grant, uh, so he obviously he could appeal uh, just to drop that down lower. But, you know, after the first offense that he came out and said that, you know, he needs more uh, uh, like time that he, uh, that, uh, that he has problems. So after this, Grant, you don't think that maybe the NBA would want to offer him counseling and I mean, I don't know. How whoa, 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 whoa. The NBA, the NBA offers all of their players every single thing that they need. Okay. They know that. So it's not about the NBA offering him anything. Anything that he needed has been at his disposal since he walked into the NBA as a draftee. So, I mean, that that's always been there for these players. They have every single thing at their disposal, whatever they need, they have. So the NBA is not going to offer him anything. He already has that. Uh, on his fingertips if he wants it. Right. And Grant, you know, uh, watching that video with uh, John Morant, Grant, what if that gun would have went off, Grant, and killed somebody, killed killed himself, killed, killed you his know, Jerry, I don't even know if the gun was loaded, so I don't know. But yes, correct. That, that Yes, absolutely. And Grant, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Kings drafted uh, King and Murray's brother, Chris, uh, Chris Murray. Right. How do you think that's going to play? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you're going to draft him or not. Um, so we'll wait and see uh, until the draft in June. I did ask Jerry Reynolds about him, and he likes this game. And obviously, he's a, a personality-wise, you know what you're getting. So, I mean, Jerry thinks he's a late first-round pick. It's where, where the Kings are going to be. So if he's on the board, that could very well be. Absolutely. And Grant, since this is an open forum Wednesday, I'm going to ask you this, Grant. Uh, when you were still with the Kings, Grant, and you would still travel with the team, and DeMarcus Cousins would pull his sh shenanigans right there at uh, at the Canada airport, did that embarrass you uh, being a part with the Kings organization, or um, how did you feel about that? Um, I was embarrassed to be part of a scene in which foul, abusive language was being used in the presence of women and other, you know, public figures. Yes. And by, by public figures, I don't mean public like you know them, but I mean, we were in the public. We weren't in a private area. There were other passengers going around. And I, w I, I was embarrassed for him that he had such lack of control when I said, hey, there are women around here, watch your language. And he goes, I don't give an F and blah, blah, blah. That part was very uh, embarrassing for me. That part Grant, was very embarrassing for me. Grant, that was, uh, you know, that was going to be my next question. So you told him, say, hey, Marcus, knock it off. I went, oh, I went face to face. I went face to face with him. And I said, you are an embarrassment. And I said, you are creating a scene here at an international airport. You are, your language is disgusting around these other people and women. I got right in his face.
I mean, because I was like, and I, and I didn't raise my voice. I just said, you know what? I said, you need to take a deep breath. I go, you need to calm down. And then he didn't calm down. And then I said, you know what? You're an embarrassment. You're an absolute embarrassment. And Grant, after this time, it's like when you would tell him that, did he ever come back to you and say, hey, Grant, you know what? No. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry for acting like a fool. Um, not at that incident. He didn't. Prior to that, he did a couple of times. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jeez, listen, I, I had many social interactions with him throughout the years. Many. I mean, post-game shows. He would come into the studio with me to do radio shows. I mean, there were many times... I had very cordial, funny conversations with him. And, you know, I mean, Grant, yeah. you know, Grant, there was one time, you know, you might have said this, but um, uh, I forgot uh, when after the Kings won uh, the game, he came up to you, pounded your desk right there with right. you and Jerry were doing the game. Uh, can you tell us what he told you? I can't even remember what he said, but it wasn't anything bad. It wasn't profane. He didn't swear or anything. Uh, it was something like, how do you like me now? Or something like that, oh, you know, and again, I, it, it's just, it goes to show you that his brain doesn't function <laughs> the way it should. No, I'm serious. I mean, you, okay. know, you just win a game and the first thing you're going to do is come over to me, you know, or you're going to, you're, you're going to go into the locker room and you're going to look at your phone and then you're going to come out and you're going to th threaten Sean Elliott, the TV oh, announcer geez. for the Spurs. Oh, no, but I'm just saying though, you know, th that's not rational thinking, you know, it's not, it's right. not a rational thought process like i i just i don't know how else to say it. it's not a rational pattern of behavior i guess is what i would say it's not it's not normal i mean you don't see that you don't right you don't see players go into the locker room and come out and basically threaten the tv announcer for the other team that doesn't happen right. you know you know grant and i always wanted to ask you one thing too grant uh going back uh when scott Pollard was still with the kings uh you uh you uh you and jerry had him on and he got pissed off about something and he walked and he walked away um can you share uh, like you know like what was that uh like what was that about i mean what yeah i'll tell you exactly what it was about john barry was playing for detroit and it was the f first game back in sacramento and one of the one of the real nice rituals of being a former king, when you came back, you got a standing ovation. And there's no question that John Barry would have gotten a rousing standing ovation. Right. Well, Vladi was joking around the day before uh, around the media uh, when they someone asked Vladi about, you know, JB coming back. And by the way, Vladi and JB are very close. And Vladi said, uh, I'll pay every fan $5 if they boo JB tomorrow night. Oh, well, they put that in a freaking paper. And when John came in, they booed him. And John's wife at the time, Betsy, was in the crowd. And this was a big moment for their family to get that recognition. And again, right. and she, she broke down and was crying and was humiliated. And it was an awful scene. And so we had planned on having Scott for halftime uh, because he was injured or it might've even been at halftime. It might've even been during the second quarter mm -hmm. and Scott came over and Scott and John Barry were as close as you could be. And Scott went off and told the fans how stupid they were and you know, how idiotic it was for them to believe, you know, that they were going to get $5 each for booing, you know, and that they should be ashamed of themselves and that, you know, I hope you feel good because John Barry's wife is in the stands hysterical and she's breaking down you know, and then he th threw his headset. He said, and I'm done. I'm, I'm not talking anymore. And he got up and he threw his headset down and he walked off.
Grant, have you ever talked to him and saying that it was just uh, meant as a joke? Everybody knows it was just a joke. Okay. Even and John Grant, Barry knew it. John knew it was just a joke. Right. I mean, John knew, John knew it was just <laughs> a joke. I mean, they, everybody went out to dinner the night before. You know, they're before the game. I mean, um, everybody knew, but no, no, even Vladi, Vladi felt awful about it. I mean, Vladi felt terrible about it and Vladi couldn't believe that that actually happened. He was just right. joking. And it, the joke turned into, wow, the fans need to boo John Barry. Well, Vladi didn't want that to happen. Vladi wanted JB to be well-received and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was just Vladi being Vladi. It, first of all, it shouldn't even have ended up in the paper. And, you know, Grant, that reminds me uh, uh, when the Kings were playing the Utah Jazz and Carl Malone with the free throws. You know, it just shows you how many people were listening to your show at that time yep. and how popular yep. your show was, Grant. You know what, Grant? That's yeah, but I, I got to tell you, I, uh, my, I didn't say anything about booing John Barry on my show. That, that right. came from the, the paper, you know. Okay. Not, everybody, okay. not, not everybody booed, um, but enough people booed that it w- was very noticeable. Right. And Betsy uh, was, I mean, it was awful. It was awful. Absolutely awful. And, you know, Grant, that's why I love Open Forum Wednesday. I don't want people to think out there that I have ADHD because, you know what, I'm just, you know what, these are topics that I want to talk to you about, but I I didn't want to go off task like different days except for Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, One more thing, Grant. Uh, You think if the Kings would have beat the Warriors, do you think they had a chance to beating the Lakers, Grant, to uh, make it to the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, of course they would have had a chance. They would have had a great deal of confidence. They would be able to run up and down. I mean, they are much more athletic team than the Lakers. Yeah. I don't know if they would have, but yeah, of course. They could and, you know, them. and, and I know you don't like, uh, would have, should have cut of this and that, but, uh, I don't think they would have beat Denver Grant Denver. You know, they look hungry as hell. They look hungry big time. Yep. I agree with you there. I don't think they would beat Denver either. All right, Jerry, have a good one, bud. All right, sir. You too, buddy. Thank you. Yep. Let's move along. And, uh, we get to Trent. What's up, Trent? Hey, good afternoon, Grant. Um, before I get started, uh, there's going to be like a sports memorabilia expo here in Roseville this weekend, and there's going to be some big-name uh, athletes coming in to sign autographs and stuff, like Bill Cartwright and um, and what's that other guys? Oh, Horace Grant and Malik Monk will be there, and a bunch of other guys will be Friday through Sunday. And uh, it's going to be cool. I'm going to take my son to that. But what I want well, to listen, talk to you do, about, do, sorry, do, 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 do me a favor. If you see Bill, if you see Bill Cartwright, please tell him I said hello. Okay. I will. I will. Thank you very much. Um, I was thinking about the PGA coming up this weekend. Um, do you know what the weather is like in upstate New York this time of year? I haven't looked at the weather forecast, so I'm sorry. I don't know. I mean, it's the weather can be very nice or it could be not nice. I mean, that's that type of weather in the Northeast, but um, I have not looked at the weather for this weekend. Okay, yeah, I saw, I saw like cold mornings and then sort of uh, maybe mid seventies to low eighties in the afternoon. So I, I think it's going to well, be a perfect. great tournament. Yeah, yeah, going to be a great tournament. Um, I, I really I have a feeling that um, a live tour guy might win the tournament. I think Kepka might win it, and he it'll be his third major championship that he will have won in the state of New York. I think. Um, and I, I think uh, it'll be it'll be one of those deals where a live guy might win this week. And, it could very uh, well happen. No question. Yeah. It could happen. 
And and so yeah, so um anyway, um a little tidbit for Waggus. Um there was a the arena or sorry, the the Sacramento Memorial Auditorium uh I mean, that's been there for ages, and I, I saw the ice capades when I was uh, in, like, the mid-'70s when I was a kid, and uh, they used to have tennis tournaments. I think the Globetrotters played there a few times. Yeah, they and did. Then, and then the uh, the very first Arco Arena is now a State of California building, and it's, uh, it's, it's you're right, it's on North Market Boulevard in North Natomas, and it's a, uh, it's a cross the street practically well pretty close to a coca-cola distributorship there and um that sort of thing so anyway yeah thanks for having me on and um hope you have a great show thanks thank you very much appreciate that now we'll wrap up open forum wednesday appreciate it uh looking forward to being back with you tomorrow right here on listen up take care everybody